Welcome to the On to Folly podcast, the only podcast that uses bitcoins to buy coffee. I'm your host, <laughs> Ivan, joined today with Alejandro. Here we go. Oh, man. Oh, man. What's been going on in your life, Alejandro? Um, I, I don't think I have any bitcoin, uh, nor have I bought coffee with any crypto, but I probably should. I probably should. I probably should. Yeah, that we need to get into that. You know, uh, you know, there's a a gym that takes uh, Bitcoin as payment now here in Vegas for like membership. Yeah. Oh snap! Nice. Yeah, I don't have any Bitcoin though, so <laughs> I mean, I? it really doesn't apply to me. Yeah, I don't know. But that's great. What's going on in my life? Um, well, the response to the first episode was really cool. Um, obviously we're still small, but yeah, so many blessings already. Super sick. Uh, and other thing that's new. I have Invisalign. Um, I've wow. never had braces before. And so my teeth freaking hurt. <laughs> my teeth hurt so bad. Uh, and my, my heart goes out to everybody who's ever had braces. And I understand why teenagers are so mad all the time yeah. when they have braces. Yeah. Yeah. My, my teeth just hurt. And it's only week one. So that's fun. Um, what else? Exodus 90. I'm doing Exodus 90 for right the on. third year. Not in a row, but um, uh, yeah, it's... This year is, is super challenge, super challenging. A uh, lot of fun though, um, and yeah, just every time, every time I do it, there's just already just new fruit, like something new that I'm getting out of it. Um, and yeah, you know, I got that Exodus ninety glow. I feel yeah. you got a big group of guys to do it with you this year. Yeah, huge group of guys, um, and they're just awesome. And it was I don't know, it's just all kind of uh, really cool seeing how the how the Holy Spirit just kind of brought all these guys together. And then I just checked with. One of my friends and and I was like, hey, can we add this other guy? And they were like, bro, our group is like eleven people now, and I don't think we can. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's just cool. Um, yeah, so huge blessing, huge That's blessing. Dope. But um, other than that, yeah, just you know, cold showers. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's so cold. Uh, what about you? What's going on? Not much. I mean, I'm still working at the parish uh, over at Saint Anthony of Padua. Um, working on a few things. Uh. We got our first theology on tap on February, so Boom. that's going to be fun. Dang. Yeah, we have um, the uh, professor of sacred scripture at St. Patrick Seminary mm. uh, giving the talk. Uh, he's going to be doing Same. a typological interpretation of the book of Exodus in, prepa- in preparation for um, uh, the upcoming upcoming Lenten season. What does that even mean? You'll have Typo- to, you'll typological. Have, you'll have to show up and find out. He's finding all the typos in it. Yeah. He's going just like, well, that's wrong. Well, that's wrong. Here's one. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> but, but yeah, we got that going on. And then uh, in March, we got um, Father Thomas Kohler, uh, the superior of the Carmelites of the Western province coming in and kind of just leading the parish, you know, in, in a moment, in a time of prayer, yeah. you know, helping them cool. grow spiritually. So that's what I got on the table for sure. That's what's uh, But yeah, I mean, that's, that's what's going on. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, yeah, so a good opening question, um, because, you know, we've been friends for so long, uh, and I'll answer first, so you have a little bit of time to think of it, because, yeah, obviously, um, I didn't put this in in the sheet until late, so, uh, what is one of your fondest memories with the other person, uh, and, yeah, so let me, yeah, so fondest memory, what's your fondest memory? I'll go first. So, um, me and Ivan, so we, we'd known about each other since really like fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. 
but we weren't actually we never actually talked or like met until like middle school because we got confirmed together but i don't think we actually became like friends friends until we went on on uh franciscan lead mm-hmm. in san diego in 2012 and so um yeah and i think when i was like huh fond memory for sure it was this time so franciscan lead they kind of tell you how to like be a leader all that stuff they like tell you how to share your testimony and so we were like practicing our testimonies and all that stuff and and it's like three minute testimony uh which is best way to teach it and um and also if my mouth makes a lot of noises because of the invisalign i have like a like a lift a lift i have a little little lift uh like mike dyson uh and uh but yeah you went up to share your testimony and i think we talked a little bit but you were like the popular guy. So I was like, I hate that guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, so, um, and, and I wasn't popular and I was, I was like super chunky then. Um, and so, yeah, you went up to share your testimony and you start talking about your dad. And then you just like started crying like in front of the group, yeah. I think. <laughs> and so, <laughs> which like, it's funny to me now. Cause it's probably like looking, like looking back, it, it's like kind of cringy, but also, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Immediately I was like, I also have daddy issues. <laughs> He's my best friend. <laughs> so, and I remember like, I think you were like up there for, it had to, I had to be know, at least like were, 10 minutes, bro. <laughs> maybe, maybe it seemed like 10 minutes, but you were like legit just like crying in the front of the room for like a minute or two. Yeah. Like for sure. And after a little bit, like. I just like went up. I remember like I, I it was like really dramatic in my in my head, right? Like I just like ran out of my seat and I hugged you and I was like, We're we're best friends. We're <laughs> brothers, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, sure. and then everyone else got up and hugged. Like we had this giant yeah. group. It was really nice. It yeah, was really, it was really heartwarming. Oh yeah. yeah. It was really a very huge healing moment, you know? Uh but yeah, definitely definitely one of my fondest memories. And I think after that we just became huge, huge like we started hanging out a lot more and actually like realized, you know, we had a lot in common and, yeah. and by a lot, I mean like daddy issues, Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, you know, has always brought people together. Yeah. Well, um, it's really funny. Cause like in that particular story, we went to lead and we were sharing that, uh, that dorm room with all the guys on lead Yeah. and like you and I, like we knew each other. So we took one of the rooms Yeah. and you were on the bed and I was on the floor. Cause I was like, yeah. like, I mean, that'd be weird if we were in the same bed. Yeah, that'd be weird. But uh, it was funny because by the end of it, like all the guys just wanted to sleep in the same room. Yeah. So we like took the mattresses <laughs> out and we like all bring them into the living room yeah. where uh, the uh, two other guys were just like sleeping on the couch. Yeah. And we were all just like chilling, you know, in our pajamas, mm-hmm. like a bunch of schoolgirls. Yeah, it was hype. It was cool. It was so hype. It was cool. Yeah, it was super fun. Uh, yeah, it's definitely fondest memory. I think it, we just like became friends like yeah it's a good time yeah yeah good memories yeah i think i think mine um was the first year that we went to uh re congress oh, and it was like geez. me you alex and anthony yeah which is uh the religious education congress yeah yeah in, uh, in uh, anaheim in anaheim yeah and uh we uh the the entire trip was just fun like it was just a fun time <laughs> And uh, I remember, like we, we like we'd be driving up, and uh, like all of a sudden, this is when I found out like you like were like a good rapper. <laughs> that's, that's not that's like, not true. That's not true. No, it is. That's it not is. True. It is. It, like we would, we would like play <laughs> random beats, and yeah. then you would just start freestyling. 
And then like all of us were just, auto-tune. and we <laughs> and they were like, "Well, well, Andre can do it. Like, why don't we give it a try?" And we all sucked, <laughs> and we were all bad. And so like, literally, it really ended up the the entire trip was just like four hours of you freestyling on different beats. Yeah, and it was I remember that. it was so cool. It was so cool. And then like, of course, we go like we show up to the you know Ari Congress. And, uh, you know, we pick some, like, wild classes. We pick, like, the like liturgical dancing class. Yeah. Do you remember that? It's called, I remember, one was called, like, Dancing with the Monks and the Mystics. And I thought it was just, like, a creative name. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, this talk is going to be cool. It's, like, a fun, creative name. Yeah, because we were, like, we were, like, 18, I think, <laughs> yeah, at the time. And, uh, like, we saw it. Like, we're going through, like, picking our class. I think we were actually at Alex's house, like, oh, going probably. through it. And, and, and uh, we were always at Alex's house. That's true. But... Uh, we were going through and like we were picking one and we find that one and we're like, dude, we got to do it. That sounds lit. We got to do it. I didn't say it was like an actual dance class. Well, I mean, at that time, like we really didn't even know what liturgical dancing was. That's like, true. Uh, and we're so innocent. Yeah, I know. We're so, so innocent, so pure. I know. And uh, sure enough, it's like tainted. the class was run by like the people that were doing liturgical dance <laughs> at RE Congress. And so, but the thing is like us two, like we're always, you know, acting a fool. And so, and so it's like me, you, Anthony, and like, we're just like, like eating up what this lady is telling us is just like, let the Holy Spirit move you. Let it guide yeah. your movements. And like, it's just like a bunch of these like 60 year old women and these three like young guys, like just dancing around in this empty room. We like, she made us like push all the chairs off to the wall. And then we went golfing that one night. Oh, my goodness. Like, it was just us in that entire, like, mini golfing place. Yeah. And, dude, Anthony was just popping. Like, everything Anthony was saying was just, like, like it was... T- we, were, we were hitting the, the balls, like, across the park at the Scandia. Oh, man. Yeah, it was so... It was a small park. Yeah. Like, and it was just... Anthony would just, like, freaking launch those balls. <laughs> and so then, bad. Do you remember there was like a log that was like hanging yes, by a chain, yes. and, and they just straight up ran up to it and just like like koala bear hugged it yeah. and just started swinging like a, around, a log hanging from a chain. Yeah, yeah, dude. That entire like that entire trip like was so <laughs> much fun. It was so good. Yeah, it was so funny. The, my there's such a funny memory when we were playing. <laughs> uh, the, um, we're playing mini golf and Anthony, our good friend, who's an absolute goofball. Like, you think oh, we're a sure. goofball, bro. He, like, is nonstop, like, goofball. Like, next level. Sometimes where you kind of have to tell him, like, yo, chill. <laughs> like, you, yo, chill. Yeah, daddy, chill. <laughs> yeah, like, daddy, chill. Um, and, oh, my gosh. He, he was, like, wearing this, like, sweater that he got from his dad. It's, like, really nice white sweater. Yeah. He's, like, nice, like, light wash. Yeah, from, like, like the 70s, yeah. like, 80s. <laughs> light wash like denim jeans you know like really nice uh and then he went to go get his ball because he hit it across the park of course and it was like kind of rainy that weekend or something and it was like a little money and he comes back up this hill (laughs) an entire side of him it's just muddy it's just brown and we're like bro what What happened he come over he comes over the hill we're like bro what happened he's like i fell (laughs) oh man funny oh, it was man. so funny i like oh my gosh and then we, we got like shamrock shakes after and then realized i hate shamrock shakes yeah um but yeah all around super fun trip uh so so much shenanigans the whole liturgical dance thing could be just an entire that thing was hilarious it was yeah it was weird like it was weird yeah like like Man, it was, I, I don't know. At the end, I was like, man, that, yeah, I feel uncomfortable. Because I now. think she had, like, someone there that, like, played, like, like the bongos or, like, some kind of, like, drum. Yeah. Do you remember that? And, like, we were, like, Barely. dancing to yeah, the beat. a little bit. 
Yeah, because we went to two, no? Did we? Yeah, there was like Dancing with the Monks and the Mystics. I don't know. I feel like we went to two because like there was one where she was like, this is like the King David dance. Oh, I think you're right. You remember that? And yeah, then there was yeah. like the water one. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then at the end of one of them, the lady was like, I just, I just, I just feel the Holy Spirit just moving across the room. I just, you could just feel it bouncing off of the walls. And I was like, I feel sweaty. Yeah. And then me, I'm just kind of like, it's like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Was I was like, like, it was fun. I mean, we it were, was fun, we were yeah. in a phase where like, we just love to dance. Yeah. Like at St. Francis, like, that's you know, true. that was like the thing. Yeah. And it was like a whole new world for us. Like, oh, for that was sure. Our first like giant conference like that. And it was just having a ball. Um, yeah, funny. Yeah, really I also funny. remembered how St. Francis didn't want to pay for our tickets, but we won't talk about that. They paid for everyone else. And I was yeah, just we little, won't say who. Yeah, I'm not gonna say any names. We're not gonna say who or where. Yeah, you know who when. you are. You know who you are. You know who you are. Uh, uh, I was gonna think of a fake name, but I can't. Shalissa. Shalissa. You know who you are. Yeah. You little skunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very nice. So, um, today's episode, uh, is called combating a calloused heart combating Ooh. a calloused heart Ooh, what what is it? what are we even going to talk about um so talking about like you know struggle with with indifference struggle of having like this heart of stone um so yeah just kind of in hearing that like what's your what's your immediate reaction like how how is your like do you think that you have struggled with like having like a calloused heart with being uh, either like indifferent or apathetic, like either in your faith, in your life. Um, and I think especially males can kind of struggle with this mm-hmm. in a specific way than uh, females. Um, but yeah, kind of initial thoughts. Yeah, I think for one, I could just see it like with my relationship with past girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think like overall, a lot of the relationships that I had growing up were very surface level. Yeah. Um, and they were... Uh, you know, very, I guess, vain. Yeah. And so I don't know if I actually experienced like, like a heartbreak, heartbreak. Um, gotcha. And so, and I think a part of that is, you know, a lot of like the fear of like rejection, or, like the fear of, mm. you know, not being wanted. Yeah. And so I think a lot of my like relationships and in a sense where, you know, like this relationship of using one another. Yeah. And so, uh, I think a callous heart in that sense is, is this idea just like, you know, you have your walls around it. You have yeah. that, that toughness. Um, right. <clears throat> and so, uh, I see myself in, in that sense. Um, you know, especially like when I, when I think of a callous, you know, I think of like calloused fingers from playing a guitar. Yeah. It's like that toughness of constantly like being mm-hmm. through that, uh, that trauma. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think the, the, you know, a, having a callous heart eventually like, you know, inevitably is, is kind of, you know, pointing to an initial trauma that, that we've had at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, um, uh, when I kind of think of it, I think of, um, this, this idea of like, um, the heart, like being wounded in, in a specific way. Um, and kind of this idea taken from, um, what is it called? Uh, wild at heart, mm-hmm. which some people like, some people don't like, but I think one of the valuable, really valuable things was this idea of like wound, lie, and vow of like, uh, we receive a wound, right? Through somebody wronging us, doing something to us, not doing something for us. Um, right. Especially like in early childhood, when you're growing up, like really formational years, mm-hmm. um, you start to believe a lie, right? Like I'm not good enough. I, 
I always do this. I never do this. I'm always like this, right? Uh, so you make a vow. So you say, well, I'm never going to do this, yeah. right? And you let that callous over so you can't get hurt again, right? Yeah. Um, which in, in certain aspects of like, when, when it comes to the heart, like that's like a negative quality, especially in being a Christian. Um, because what I think of like in having a callous heart, um, I look I look to the Lord and the way that he reveals his heart. And mm-hmm. I think in a, in a very special way we see um, like Jesus quite literally presents his heart, like his sacred heart. Like we have these beautiful images that show us this reality of he doesn't hide anything. He doesn't hide his woundedness, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus open, like, like opens himself to be wounded, right? And doesn't close himself off um, as like naturally we do yeah. Um, to protect ourselves and to um, preserve ourselves, right? Um, and so... Yeah, that's kind of like a huge inspiration of like, well, if, if we're called to live, um, uh, like called to live like fools for Christ, um, then we can't, you, we can't be calloused. We can't be, um, like our hearts have to be like open, which means, mm-hmm. um, you know, opening yourself up to be hurt, opening yourself up to be wounded. Right. Um, and that, and that's, and that's kind of what, um, ties into kind of what we talked to in the last episode, like in a romantic relationship, like that's the entire thing is you're, you're opening yourself up you're opening your heart um to be loved by be seen fully and also like maybe be wounded by this other person that you're entering into this relationship with yeah um which jesus does that to us obviously jesus never inflicts any wounds on us yeah but we would do that to the lord uh freely right we inflict yeah. all these wounds day to day by not putting him first by ignoring him mm-hmm. um and he uh, every single moment opens his heart for us, yeah. not, not hiding any of the woundedness, yeah. not letting it callous over. Uh, and so I very, I very much feel that if, you know, if we're, if we're called to live like fools for Christ, then we, we need to actively combat this. Mm-hmm. We need to like invite the spirit, the Holy spirit to come and renew that. And, um, is equal 36, 26 is what really stands out to me. And it reads a new heart. I will give you a new spirit. I will put within you. I will take out of your flesh the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Um, thoughts? Uh, I, I honestly, I kind of want to go back to that, that point that you brought up of this, the idea of uh, wound, lie, and vow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dr. Bob Shoots, he, he has an incredible book on it called Be Healed, and he runs, you know, his... Uh, his ministry called uh, the JP2 Healing Center, and, and a mm-hmm. lot of the, his work revolves around that. And uh, when I got to spend time over there on that retreat, you know, he uh, he wanted us to like exercise that, like like really spend time in prayer and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal this to you. Yeah. And uh, just to like give an example to whoever might be listening, um, because this was a very like transformative moment in my life, mm-hmm. um, uh, where I felt like. Uh, I was putting up walls when it came to prayer, when it, in my relationship with God, um, specifically like when I would go to, to like, uh, the sacraments, um, of confession, um, or if I would go, you know, to, uh, to mass, uh, I felt this, this reaching out, uh, of God to me, but I also felt like this reservation and this kind of idea of like my, like, me collapsing into myself, uh, refraining from that, that reach of God, mm-hmm. um, and being, uh, being able to, to go to this retreat and, and, and really work on that, you know, they, they challenge us. They say, like, what is the core lie yeah. in your, in your life that, that you, you listen to? 
And, um, uh, I'm praying, I'm praying about it. And I like, as I'm in prayer, like I am immediately brought back to this moment when I'm a kid Yeah. and, uh, um, you know, like I was having issues with my dad yeah. and, uh, you know, he was working a lot. I, I didn't really get to see him. I, I didn't get to talk to him. Um, and as a kid, you know, I felt like, you know, I wasn't wanted. Like I, I, like I, he didn't yeah. want me to be his son. And, uh, my mom knew how I felt about this. Cause she kind of heard me and my sister talking about it when I was younger. Yeah. And, uh, I remember like I was at the kitchen table and, uh, I was like, you know, doing homework and, you know, me being a dumb kid was struggling with homework, trying to figure it out, irritating my mom. Cause I didn't know math, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, at, you know, my dad gets home and, you know, he eats and like, he just sits at the couch and starts watching his soccer game. Yeah. And uh, out of nowhere, my mom goes up to him and like just starts yelling at him as, you know, my mom does. And uh, he <laughs> like my mom was just kind of like, like, why don't you spend time with your son? Like, mm-hmm. why don't you like, like, why aren't you there for him? Like, why don't you talk to him? Why don't you hug him? Like, why don't you like tell him that you love him? Yeah. And, like, he just like she just like let it all out, like all like the frustrations that I had inside of me. And uh, I was scared when I heard it. But at a moment, there was like a, a sense of relief because I thought like, oh, um. Like I'm finally get I'm finally about to hear why I'm not good enough for my dad. Yeah. And uh I remember like he like looked at my mom and then looked at me and then just kinda like ignored the question, just kept watching his game. Yeah. And uh I remember like as a kid that like absolutely like like broke me. I'd imagine. And uh, you know, like you know, that that wound ended up coming to this lie of just like like, well, you need to be self-sustainable. Like, you need to learn how to yeah. live without the need of anyone in your life. Right. And so, like, I vowed to do that. Yeah. And so, because of that, it pretty much put limits on my relationship with God. It put yeah. limits on my relationship with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, inviting, you know, Jesus into that wound right. was... What, what very hard for one because oh, yeah. <laughs> you're inviting you him to reopen to, it yeah exactly sense, right? exactly um and so this idea of that ezekiel brings up is like i will take you know this heart of stone and, and place in you a heart of flesh yeah um in a sense it's it's this idea of jesus wants to bring you freedom mm-hmm. he wants to bring you freedom and liberation and those terrible terrible scars that you you continue to carry in your heart mm-hmm. and allow you to live freely. And I think, um, a Bible, uh, a, a scripture verse that really stuck with me this week in prepare in preparation for, uh, this, uh, today's podcast was, um, John, uh, John chapter four verse 18, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, it's right here. Hold on. Jamie, pull that up. Jamie, uh, Jamie, Jamie, can you pull that up, please? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah. So John chapter four, verse eighteen. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And so, one who fears is not yet perfect in love. And so, it's this idea that I need to be trained in in how to love. And so, um, constantly living in the fear of rejection, constantly living in the fear of not being wanted, not being good enough was exactly the calluses that were put in my heart. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like in Jesus's freedom, like I also have to learn that I have to be okay with, with feeling that pain. Yeah. 
I'll hand it over to you because I've been talking for a while. But yeah, no, that's good. It's good. Um, and and I I really relate to that. I think the reason that I I brought this topic up is because it's so personal to me. Um, and I think that's that's like having a callous heart. Um, has been one of the biggest struggles for me, and it's been one of the more. Um, it's been one of the one of the more like, um, painful parts of like my relationship with the Lord, um, in that because when you have those wounds that are deeply rooted, and I think for me a lot of it is like, um, a lot of the, a lot of the lies come in the form of like, well, people don't actually care what I am doing, yeah. who I am, and so I'm just gonna keep to myself, right? I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody to emotionally support me, and so I'm not gonna emotionally support anybody, um. Which, you know, a big portion of my life, I just lived it like that, right? I lived it just not wanting to invest in anybody. And in, in many ways, like, not caring about people's feelings. Um, and just, like, you know, just living life um, like that without ever having meaningful relationships with people. Or actually wanting to give of myself to people mm -hmm. in a meaningful way. Um, yet, like, the Lord, like, in 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 his time like came into that and that process was super painful and still continues to be painful but yeah. um i know there was like a um a lot of it was like in preparation for net i think you know god has such good timing he knew that how much i needed to give of myself when i was going to be a missionary yeah and so because of that he was like all right we're going to take these like six months right and we are just going to hammer it every day and so like every day i was like having such painful but such consolation like it's probably the the most consolation I've ever had in my life in prayer, mm -hmm. um, like mystical consolation, but also like awful pain of him going in into these wounds and cleaning them. Right. And, and I always think of like, you know, these, these wounds, um, like heal and like get infected and fester. And, and so like the Lord being, you know, the good physician comes into that and has a reopen that wound. Right. Like in many ways, like I have to re-experience that, um, those trauma, that trauma, that, yeah. th that moment where I started to believe that lie yeah. and the moment where I made the vow. Right. And in doing that, you feel the pain all over again and maybe to a greater extent, especially yeah. as an adult, right. When I can fully understand like, what the heck was going on there in my childhood? Mm. Like, why did I feel this way? And how is this pattern continued to repeat in my entire life? Right. Yeah. Even now as a grown man, uh, and it hurts even more. And so like so many, so many moments of Jesus just going in and just like healing it. And it was a super long process and super slow and obviously it's still going on. But, um, yeah, that's a, that's a big reason why I brought this up. And I realized that like I was, I was reaching as, as I started to, to want to evangelize more, I, I was realizing that like, I, I cannot, I cannot have a heart of stone. Mm -hmm. like, if I'm going out and I want to talk to people, I want to care for people. Yeah. Um, then I need to be fully there. I need yeah. to open myself up to maybe be and often be wounded by other people. Yeah. Um, I can't have this, you know, layer of scar tissue or stuff because I've tried to preserve my feelings and my mm -hmm. heart uh, and myself, right? I need to open it up in the same way that Jesus opens his sacred heart for all of us so it may be seen, yeah. right? Um, and um, and that was huge. That was huge for me. And I think... Um, I think, I think that is so essential in wanting to have this relationship, uh, with the Lord. Uh, and so I think a, a good place to kind of go is like, well, what are you, what do you like when you are kind of living like with this heart of stone? Like what, what are you, what, how would you say that your life is different? Um, oh, man. 
It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. I, oh, dude. Cause I think this was kind of like when I was in seminary and I was like going through like my toughest time, mm-hmm. I, this is what I was dealing with. And, yeah. and it took me a really long time to figure this out. Um, because it was this feeling that I needed to stand on my own. Yeah. I needed to, to, to be fine on my own. And, um, you know, as like when you're in seminary, you're preparing to be a priest. And like, for me personally, there was like all this anxiety that began to, to, to kind of flood my own heart. And this idea is like, well, if you aren't perfect, like it's souls that are being lost. And so, you know, I, I start to confuse and kind of pervert this idea of holiness. Um, this idea of, of being, um, yes, free from sin, but also in a way like free from struggle, which, which isn't the case. Yeah. And so I begin to isolate myself. Mm-hmm. I begin to, to, to hide myself. Yeah. I begin to, you know, like, you know, separate myself from, from the, from the greater group. And, um, you know, you forget that the beautiful thing about being in love with God, you know, about being a part of a church is the fact that you get to journey with others mm-hmm. and in the areas that you lack in, in the areas that you struggle in that those are the parts of your life that you are meant to share with others in order to, to persevere, not hide them away and pretend like you're fine and pretend like you're okay. Yeah. Um, because the reason why we have these flaws is, is, is so that we can go to communion with other people and even greater go or go to communion with, with Christ himself, the divine healer. And, um, it's, ah, man, it's, it's, it's so rough. Um, and I, I, and I think that's why this is a really important topic. Um, because you don't have to do it on your own, Mm -hmm. you know, like you, it doesn't have to be that way. And that's how, at least I've seen myself react to it. Yeah. 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 And I think for me, when I'm living with this, heart of stone uh i'm kind of a monster like um and in in many places like i found myself kind of and obviously it's not like a linear thing right um like there are obviously sometimes like difficult times of my life when like that's just kind of the autopilot like i was living my life for what 21 years or something like that 22 years 23 who knows right um and so part of it is that just being patient with myself and not mm-hmm. like thinking like, well, that soul is lost. And it's like, well, it's not, it's, I mean, I'm not saving them. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's Jesus who's, who's saving them. Right. He's just asking me to help. He doesn't need me to help. He wants me to help. Um, and so there's getting over that, but yeah, I don't know when I'm, when I'm living out of this, out of like my woundedness, like, oh my gosh, I'm like rude. I like, I, I find that, um, and I think it's a big reason why I wanted to start a podcast. Um, and it's, it's been a kind of long time coming of like going into net training and coming out of net and like naturally kind of God picking me and, and seeing kind of these, these charisms and these, these, um, gifts, uh, come. Um, and I realized that like, wow, God gave me a lot of gifts with, with speech, right? God gave me certain gifts with public speaking, with talking to people, where I like, I don't know, sometimes I would just go like in, like, I'm just like, whatever, I'm just going to like move my mouth, you know, and like God can speak to people's hearts. Right. And I'm, I'm so blessed that like God has done that, but also God has given me the ability, um, like when, when that, when that gift is, when I'm using that gift out of my woundedness, 
then I have an incredible potential to hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, because I recognize that I, I like, I was able to like find people's wounds. Right. Um, and, and so I don't know. And, and that skill in itself of like being able to see the patterns in people's lives can be so useful in ministry, mm-hmm. right. Be able to like recognize those wounds and, and to be able to like, um, pray about that, to be able to like ask them to be able to like break that open and, and accompany somebody to take that to the Lord. When it's, when I'm living out of my brokenness, then I like, I know how to attack people. I know yeah. how to like, hurt people in that way. Uh, and that's awful. And I think it, there's been a lot of times in my life where, when I've done that, um, as well as like when I'm living in that way, like I just, I'm apathetic, like I'm the most apathetic. I'm just like, because a lot of the, a lot of my wounds is like, well, I don't, I don't need anybody's like emotional support. So mm-hmm. I don't want to be support for anybody. Yeah. And so, uh, it's really bad. It's really bad. And, and on the flip side, you know, when I'm, when I'm living, uh, like when I'm in Christ, Right. When, when, when I am like close to him uh, and I, and I really just give myself, surrender myself to like having his heart, to wanting his heart. It's, it's complete night and date, obviously. But, mm-hmm. um, I, one, I found that like in a tangible way, God gave me qualities that I, I didn't have before, um, which was crazy. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Right. And I think some Catholics don't know that's a thing, but I, uh, and I kind of talked about it a little bit last episode because I thought I was like an introvert because of that wound, right? I thought I was like, well, I'm j- I am am not called to be out in front of people. Yeah. But as that started to change and God began to, to heal that, like I started to see like public speaking and conversation and things like that just kind of like come. Uh, and and I was like, I have no idea where this is coming from. Like I, there are, th- there are uh, things that I, like gifts that I have, like because of God, right? Not because mm-hmm. of me. Um, now that I didn't have before, like I yeah. wasn't able to do that before. Uh, I wasn't able to relate to people. I wasn't able to like make people laugh on a certain extent, you know? And so, um, seeing that dramatic nature, I think when I, when I'm really living with this heart of flesh, um, that, and I don't know, life becomes much more joyful. I find when I'm living it with this heart of stone, like everything's kind of muted. Um, right. All the colors kind of look the same and my highs and my lows are always kind of around the same. Um, Yet when I'm I'm living with this heart of flesh, I find that moments of joy are so much more joyful, but also moments of sadness are so much more sad. Yeah. Right. Um, because in getting closer to the Lord, he reveals few parts of his heart. Yeah. Right. Um, and some of those are like and you know, praise God that he only has revealed like just little slivers of what he experiences, like this heartbreak of, you know, when we turn away from him, this heartbreak of when he loses one. Yeah. Right. Um, and that in itself has been enough to just like destroy me like in prayer. Um, and just like, I cannot, like, I, I cannot handle this, you know, yeah. and God gives me just enough to where it's like, okay, I, like, this right. is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and especially getting into imaginative prayer, just like all this brokenness in the world that you see. And so you, you experience those lows, uh, and that sadness and that brokenness on a different level as yeah. well. But the, the beautiful thing about it is that it never, it should not lead to despair, right? Like if you're no. doing it with Jesus, right? Yeah. Um, there's still like hope, right? Yeah. And I think the one thing that I notice is like the amount of compassion that comes from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, you go, you go oh, from yeah. a person that can't stand people to one that's just kind of like, oh man, like I get it. Yeah. And it's just like, like, wow, you know? And I think, 
I think that's that's just it. Because like when you when you do live with that heart of flesh, mm-hmm. then then healing does come. Yeah. And not only that, healing comes to the people around you. Yeah. And like it just begins to spread like a wildfire. And I think that's yeah. what like the most beautiful thing about it is. Oh yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And I definitely started to see that in in my life because when you are living in that way, you become much more passionate. I think I definitely grew up in an environment that kind of smothered passion, smothered um, just caring about something a lot. And so I just didn't care about anything or I hid the fact that I did. Um, And so when you're living with this heart of flesh, like, uh, and you, and I, in having also a secular job, one of my jobs is a secular job. I definitely see the difference. Right? Yeah, I see. I see, you can see the difference, and not to not to bad talk. You know, people who, not people who don't really know Jesus have a relationship with the Lord, but there is a concrete difference that like things can be going terribly, right at this job, and for them, like that's it's the end of the world. Like, yeah, for that, like they're just so deeply impacted by this, um, and maybe you know maybe because of the fact that I also only just work there on the weekends, right? Yeah, that I like. I'm like. Yeah, but it's, who cares? You yeah. know, like I, I, in many ways, like God, like when you're living in this way, like Jesus gives you like this peace that is kind of hard to explain that. I, I don't think I realized that I had until I compared it to just, you know, somebody who just doesn't know Jesus. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and where do we kind of go from that as well? It's like, I shouldn't feel that I'm separate from them, but like, I want them to experience that. Yeah. Right. Because what, what an empty life, like how empty was my life without Jesus, man? Like, um, like nothing, like yeah. nothing. I had nothing. And so, um, kind of moving forward, um, the catechism in 1432 paragraph 1432, uh, tells us that the human heart is heavy and hardened. God must give man a new heart. So, um, what, what did it take? Right. What did it take? Like, um, obviously it takes prayer, but was it like in general, like what, what does it take for this change to start to happen? I think, man, I think for me personally, like it was a a moment of, um, you know, there's, (laughs) there's a song by, uh, was it like red rock worship or whatever? And there's just like, something has to break. Mm. And, uh, for me, that's what happened. Like, like, yeah. like I snapped, I broke and I, I didn't understand what was going on. Mm. And it's just like, I was trying to kind of move forward without this kind of like this healing in my life. Yeah. And so, um, I, I saw myself like just basically completely crushed by the world and I didn't know what was going on. Um, and it wasn't until I took it to prayer until I went, you know, to the JP two uh, healing center when I started going to, you know, therapy mm. and, um, you know, God like really, really showed me my brokenness mm. and, uh, to the point where, you know, like, I, I think a majority of us, you know, we live our lives with this fake persona of ourselves and, um, we, we lie so much about it that we, we begin to believe it, that that becomes our reality of, yeah. of who we are. Right. Um, and when God showed me like how broken I, I was, how helpless I was, uh, it showed me the fact like how much I, I lean on my own strength mm. and how much I don't lean on his. Yeah. Um, he showed me the gap between me and him. Mm. Um, he 
he showed me all the all the cracks and all the ugliness and uh i i just told myself like i don't i don't want i don't want it to be this way mm-hmm. like i want i want you and i want you know you you perfectly yeah and so recognizing that i you know i you know that's when the work began Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, like, you know, like, you know, while I was in seminary, I went through this major depression mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like this, like I, I, like I said, I snapped and, um, nothing, nothing made sense to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like whatever gifts I thought I had, like, I just felt like they weren't there. Whatever strengths I thought I had, they weren't there. Whatever redeeming qualities I, I might've had, they weren't there. Mm-hmm. And I was just completely a sinner. And when I recognized that, and also came to the understanding that like God still loved me, which is still something that I struggle with. I won't yeah. lie. Um, that's when the healing process began for me. Gotcha. And it's still something that I'm still going through, but mm-hmm. it's, it's something that's constantly this reminder of just like, like, you know, you are loved, you are wanted and I'm yeah. not giving up on you. But th- that's, that's kind of how it is for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that I, that truth that the love of God cannot be earned, that at the moment of our birth, we already had his love. Well, obviously even before that, yeah, before we had any merits, any accomplishments, we already had that love. Um, I think that is just a concept that you, um, like you can never fully exhaust, right? It's a mystery that like, you can never exhaust the fullness of what that means Mm -hmm. uh, and to the extent of love that God has for us. Um, And I think for me, it was kind of the same of like, what, what did it take? What did it take for something to change? Um, Is just realizing that I have nothing. Yeah. Like I, without Jesus, like I have nothing. Um, And oftentimes like the Lord, though, it's not like, he doesn't want us to experience that. Mm -hmm. Like he will in many ways allow it. Um, and I think, and I think, and it was like, well, it makes sense. I'm so stubborn that like I needed to experience just kind of just breaking down and like losing everything in a sense. Yeah. Right. And, and having multiple of those, um, because that is the only way that I would be act led. That's, that would be the only way that I'd be led to sincere conversion. Yeah. When I didn't have any of my crutches that I would always go to. Yeah. Right. When I didn't have my comforts, um, when I realized that like the things that I am doing are empty, um, and pointless. Um, and so, um, yeah. And and just kind of having multiple of those like points in my life. Right. Um, and just moments where, where like the Lord just kind of sat me down and had me take a step back and said like, you've been on autopilot this entire time. Yeah. Like you have the, the decision with me. Like if you choose me, this can change, right? Though it may seem like you can't change. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think in those moments, like my immediate reaction is just to believe like, well, I'm just a bad man. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just a bad man. And all I do is hurt people. Uh, and I'm just a monster. So let's just continue to be a monster. Right. And that's like the lies that the devil tries to, to put on me. But um, Jesus just like invites and says like, no, like what, what, what once was one way I can make into a completely different thing. Yeah. Uh, and this idea of, I don't know who says this quote. Somebody says this quote, um, but that um, 
you know, Jesus came not to make us nice people, but to make us new men, yeah. right? To be new creations. Like this is something tangible, right? It's not just this idea um, that, you know, I get so frustrated and maybe in a future episode we'll talk about like actual evangelization, but it, I get so frustrated with Catholics that use this fake quote of like, preach the gospel at all times, but only speak when necessary. Like, like what, what, like, <laughs> like, do you think people are going to tell that you're Catholic by the, by the way that you like smile? Like maybe yeah. they can, but yeah. maybe they're just like, Oh, there's just a nice person. Yeah. Like there's nothing set apart about that. And that's a good thing to be nice, but that's not what Jesus came to do. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus doesn't come and just make us nice and fluffy. Like obviously prayer, um, St. Louis, St. Louis de Montfort says that prayer is like honey, right? It sweetens everything. Right. So it does. Yeah. That's a result. But what actually happens is a new heart a new life, a new name. You are a new creation. Yeah. Uh, this dramatic, uh, this dramatic reality of the gospel. Um, uh, and I think, you know, for me, what did it take? Losing everything. Yeah. Being like at, at the worst of the worst, like the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Um, and that's when I turned to God. Um, and that's usually always, that's usually kind of what it takes, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. at different degrees, but it, it takes for me to realize that the things that I'm doing are so empty. Yeah. You know, and I wonder a lot of times, you know, especially like, you know, leaving, leaving seminary and going back into ministry, like how many people have experienced this? Mm -hmm. Because all the time, like we hear like people is just like, you know, people talk about how much, like even the saints, they talk about how much of like sinners they are. Mm -hmm. They talked about like the reality of, of their sinfulness. And like, it became very cliche to me, like hearing stuff like that. Mm. But like, it wasn't until like, it was a moment for me, it was a moment of prayer. And you know where it was? I was at St. Francis doing a holy hour. Nice. And like, I just like, my prayer was like, God, I want to learn how to like, you know, rely on you and depend mm -hmm. on you. And it was just like, at that moment, it felt like all of a sudden, all my sinfulness was staring me in my face. Yeah. And like things that I never even thought of things that I like, or things that I suppressed. Yeah. And like a part of me, like even like right now, like being a part of like ministry, seeing like, you know, these young adult ministries, you know, forming and, um, you know, even in, uh, even in some of like the older adult ministries, I'm just kind of thinking, it's just like, like, do you guys like have you guys experienced this darkness that you know like you and i are talking about yeah like, or like because i mean there's some people that like and you know we it's always a debate like this they they stress these things like you know about the liturgy which you know liturgy is important you know celebrating oh, yeah. a, a reverent liturgy is important mm -hmm. but you know they they talk about all these very polarizing topics in the church and like like i look at them i'm just like like have you like have you experienced the darkness you know and in mm -hmm. saint john of the cross is sense like the dark night is like have you experienced like mm -hmm. the darkness of of your own like nature yeah um and like has has god like done anything for you in that because i wonder man like i see these yeah. people and it's like they're like they're living with a veil over their head and yeah. I, and i can't i can't tell because i was like mm -hmm. for a moment i was just like is it just me like am i the only one that like feels this way about myself yeah. or uh, like, what's the deal? Right. Right. And I think like, obviously that isn't something for everybody to experience. Yeah. Right. Like not, I think at some point, like people probably will. Um, but I think, um, a lot of times people experience like, <laughs> it's always funny. I, I hardly ever tell like youth about like the darkness. Of yeah. So like night of the soul. Cause then they think, they're like, they're like I think I'm going to. I think I'm the, going through it. The dark night of the soul, and I was like, and you're like, no, dude, you're just, just not praying. You're just like, not praying. You <laughs> get off your phone. Yeah, like, dude. <laughs> like, no, that's not dark. dark darkness of the soul. This happens like when you're literally praying and yeah. doing everything that you can to be. As Mother Teresa is a good example. Yeah, of that. To yeah. Be as close to Jesus as you possibly can, and still feel you're so far away. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a complete different thing. Just 
it's it's happening because of sin, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, a whole whole funny thing. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's something that at some stage in your life, God will, and and Jesus is so good that like he he knows when is a good time. When yeah. is a good time to start that healing? But th- but the truth is, is if you're not if you're not praying, if you're not trying to to listen to him, yeah. you're not gonna know when. Yeah. Right? And I think one of the strongest prayers, like for me, was just like to just say like Jesus, like if you want me to do something or change something about my life, tell me like as many times as you possibly can, so I can't deny it. Yeah. Um. So I can't say that I didn't hear you. Yeah. Right. Um. And he always has. Right. Whenever there's like a big thing and big change in my life that God wants me to make, um, like he hammers it in. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and to kind of like, was there any, anything no, else? No, you no, no. We're good. We're good. Um, to kind of like, just kind of close this, this conversation, a bit of a shorter episode, um, is what is the answer? Well, the catechism tells us in two twenty six ninety seven, prayer is the life of the new heart right? Prayer is the life of the new heart. That's the answer, right? Yeah. Um, and that always has been the answer for me. Um, and so, you know, maybe in a future episode, we'll talk about that. Maybe in the future episode, we'll talk about repentance and conversion. Lord knows I could talk about that for so long because I feel so passionately about the importance of, of true like repentance, right? And yeah. where that leads us, right? Yeah. And how that makes our faith so much more beautiful. But what we're not saying is you have to think of yourself as like a lowly little sinner, right? Like think of yourself less, but to recognize that you're broken and yeah. like to recognize like you need Jesus, right? Um, and this is a good thing because that means like we don't have to carry this cross on our own. Like somebody did it. Like Je- like Jesus is a good boss, right? He wouldn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't already done himself, right? Uh, and I And I told this to a bunch of people in my small group of like, Jesus isn't just our role model, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't just do the things that we are also called to do, but he is like the doorway, right? He leads us into this redeemed life, right? It's without without him, we can't do it. Uh, and, he, and he is so patient and he's so good in the way that he accompanies us. So um, let that be, let it lead to hope and not to despair that you, that, you know, you're a sinner. Because, um, yeah, that's, then that's not God. Mm-hmm. You know, God isn't the one that leads us to shame. So, yeah. Uh, anything else yeah there's a a poem that i mean i feel like you know if this is something that's kind of like if the holy spirit's kind of moving in your heart as you if you listen to any of this uh there's a poem that um i had to to kind of analyze and read uh and it's called batter my heart three person god okay um pop off and uh this is this is how it goes it says batter my heart three person god for you as yet but not breathe shine and seek to mend that i may rise and stand overthrow me and bend your force to break blow burn and make me new i'll skip the this this middle part but it says um but i am betrothed onto or yet dearly i love you and would be loved in vain but i am betrothed onto your enemy divorce me untie or break the knot again take me to you imprison me for i accept you enthrall me never shall be free nor ever chased except the ravish except you ravish me and it's this idea of just like god constantly like like working on your heart like mm-hmm. this idea of, of battering you know in the sense yeah. of cooking like battering the dough um and this idea of just like like break me from from th- what's not of you mm-hmm. and and basically enthrall me imprison me in your goodness so that i can be free yeah and wow. it's a poem that i've always really enjoyed yeah i'm gonna have to 
I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to dive in. Yeah. As Trey Songs would say. Yeah. Good man. The, the, po- the poet. The poet Trey Songs. <laughs> the prophet? Question <laughs> maybe? Maybe. Um yeah. And and so anything else? Anything before the good to people? Um yeah. So again, like if 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 you felt like this um like impacted you, like let us know, honestly. Like we wanna know the glory stories. Like if, if you know if you know us personally and you have our number, then like let us know. I think that it's that's so good to hear like what God is doing uh, and and how God is working like through us. Um, as well, like email us. What's our email? Untofollypod at gmail. Yeah, yeah. Untofollypod at gmail. If you have any ideas or like glory stories or ways that you you feel that the Lord has moved or things that we've said that uh, have really impacted you, um, our our hope isn't really. Um, to have a successful podcast was to have a podcast that we're passionate about yeah and to, to have to have conversations that that we really love that are fun that are lighthearted but also meaningful uh talk about things that we care about um and yeah and so if you really if you like it then share it with people um share it with your friends um but yeah no no that the, the point of this isn't isn't to, to bring glory to us like we're we're just like kind of too i mean th- it's in the title right we're yeah. just kind of two fools who two answer fools. the call right um and hopefully it leads you to invest more in into your interior life right um but yeah uh other than that we thank you uh thank you so much for listening we thank you for um uh, you know engaging in this conversation email us uh we thank you for sharing like that uh, subscribe button like press that subscribe press button subscribe? like know, the podcast yeet on that subscribe <laughs> button oh, thank God. you there we go <laughs> <laughs> we had to use one of them uh thank you guys so much for listening uh make sure to share if you liked it if you didn't uh, i don't know share it anyways uh and laugh about us but thank you so much we hope you have a good one and we hope you act a fool